Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, March 16th, 2022, and we are continuing our study in the big book, the forward to the second edition, page XX. We're on the third paragraph, alcohol being no respecter of persons, and we're finishing up the chapter with join us on the road, the high road to a new freedom. So today's readers are 12 Steps, Dwight M., 12 Traditions, Terry J., and readers of the text, Harlan G., Camilla G., and Reva P., the reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, March the 15th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 18683, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 18684. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dwight M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. Dwight M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Ohio. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'll pass. Thank you, Dwight. And Terry J. is going to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. This is Terry J. in Michigan, compulsive overeater. Our common welfare should come first. Sorry. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, 
each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Terry J. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the forward to the second edition, page XX, the third paragraph, alcohol being no respecter of persons and reading through to finish the chapter. Harlan G., would you get us started, please? I would love to, Lynn. Thank you very much for your service, and thanks for everybody who makes this meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Alcohol being no respecter of persons, we are an accurate cross-section of America. And in distant lands, the same democratic evening up process is now going on. By personal religious affiliation, we include Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Hindus, and a sprinkling of Muslims and Buddhists. More than 15% of us are women. At present, our membership is pyramiding at the rate of about 20% a year. So far, upon the total problem of several million actual and potential alcoholics in the world, we have made only a scratch. In all probability, we shall never be able to touch more than a fair fraction of the alcohol problem and all its ramifications. Upon therapy for the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly. Yet it is our great hope that all those who have yet... <clears throat> we have as yet found no answer, may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to new freedom. Um, this is a wonderful, wonderful uh, way to end this forward to the second edition. What a miracle we have in front of us today, the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is in the book, the fellowship, no matter who you are, no matter what you are, we have a solution here, a solution. There's a chapter in the book, there is a solution. 
And I read that two ways. There is a solution, because for thousands of years there was not, and there is a solution. Now, for me, I'm just talking about for me, the one solution that I use is the one in the big book. And there are people who don't like the big book. There are people who turn their noses up at the big book. But here is the miracle that I see. Not only does the method described here work for me, but it is a method that is roomy, all-inclusive. Nobody has to worry about how they're going to fit into this. Whether you are male, female, whatever you are, whatever path of life you walk, you can find a solution to your compulsive overeating here in the pages of Alcoholics Anonymous. That God's mansion is roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding. That we are together, and it is in our differences that we can draw strength from one another. I draw strength from people every single day of my life as a compulsive overeater who absolutely have nothing in common with me. They're not the same social, they're not the same religion, they're not the same race, they're not whatever that may be, and yet I draw strength from them every day that brings me closer to God. The main purpose of this for me, the main object of this is to help me find a power greater than myself that will solve my problem. But if I didn't have someone to sponsor, if I didn't have someone to do 10 steps with, if I didn't have this meeting to go on every day, if I didn't have people whose shares mean so much to me, where would my recovery be? I don't think it would be in quite the place that it is today. I need you. And so often when I seek God, the most e the easiest place for me to find God is in the faces of one of his children, one of you. Your shares mean the world to me. Your recovery elevates me and pushes me away from the food and toward that higher power. So we need each other. And we are stronger with each other. No matter who we are, no matter what we are, we are better together than we would be separately. And so with that, I will pass. Thank you very much for allowing me to do service this morning, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Terry J. Reva P. Linda G. John M. Okay, let me tell you who I did here, and we'll see if I missed anybody. Carrie J, Reva P, Linda D, John M. Was there anyone else? Okie dokie. Let's start with that lineup. Carrie J, followed by Reva P. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Good morning again. I'm Terry J. in Michigan, compulsive overeater. I, this paragraph definitely covers who I am as a compulsive overeater. I had a fall yesterday. I was doing really well, and I fell back into the food uh, as a coping strategy, um, which is what I found out as I studied this book and I worked these steps. And with my sponsor, who I always have to give kudos to for continuing to work with me, I work in the uh, mental, I'm a mental health professional myself, and I had a really hard day at work yesterday. So my 
fears and mainly the fear popped up and the self-soothing with the food was what I turned to. So I talked to my sponsor last night and uh, I dusted myself off and I'm back on track just for the moment, just as touch and go because my feelings are so wrapped up and tied up in how I soothe myself. I have difficult clients at the time and it's, you know, with the pandemic and everything, I'm grateful for Bill and the beginners of the book. I did find the third uh, edition because I just wanted to see what it looked like and the difference. And I, because I'm so committed to overcoming this obstacle of self-soothing when, you know, I get fearful, I got to write more, you know, I got to do more, I got to put more in and become free because it's only through the power greater than me, which I call God, that that happens. When I try to do it in myself, it's just not going to work. It's not enough. I'm not enough, but God is enough. I thank you all for being on this line. I do welcome outreach calls. I'm home in the evening, so that's the best time to catch me. Or if you want to be just a well-wisher for me, text messages work. I do read them. I try to return as many calls as I can. And, you know, just keep me, just keep praying for me like you always have, because I am not going to stop coming back. Thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Terry J. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Please go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, that first paragraph reminds me that just like the disease um, does not discriminate, um, it affects every gender, race, culture, religion. Recovery is also um, all-inclusive, roomy, um, and anyone, anyone um, who um, does what it says to do can get what these people got. Um, and I love that reminder. I really felt welcomed when I came here. I felt that I didn't have to be a certain way, education, race, gender, nothing. Um, I, was, I was welcomed um, as I was. But what strikes me the most is this, um, join us on the high road to new freedom. And that to me is like the opposite of what I um, said at the third step prayer, this bondage, bondage of self, this being in prison, imprisonment with the food, imprisonment with the thoughts and beliefs that just bind me to this isolated like existence um, that wasn't really a life. Um, and I looked up this definition of high road, and yeah, you know, I, I intuitively think, okay, morally, you know, higher takes a higher road because as a result of putting down the food and working the steps, um, I get to live by principles that I could never, ever live up to on my own willpower. I, I, you know, it says we could wish to be moral. I could wish to do the right thing, and I could never, never do it with food and with my behavior. But when I access the higher power, I'm able to do what I couldn't do otherwise. But the other definition of high road is the direct, direct path. Um, what does it say? Direct route or course. Um, and I thought I was on the direct route, um, but it was the direct route to hell and self-destruction. And this, if I follow the instructions as they're laid out, I have a direct route to power that gives me the ability to not only have neutrality with food and not want the food, but to be able to be a person that I could never be, live up to ways and um, morals that I could never live up to. And I love this thing presently. Like this is something I need to do every 24 hours to live on this um, high road to new freedom. It's not something like I get there and I just coast. There is no coasting. Um, never, never, never. I only have this daily reprieve. 
so I need to be in the present. You know, one hour I could be spiritually fit, the next hour I could be full of resentment and need to work that step 10, 11, and 12, like my hair is on fire. Um, but I just love the um, the wording of like I'm this road here. where where people welcome me, and um, it, it is a freedom. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by John M. Welcome, Linda. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut. I am so grateful, so very, very grateful to have this meeting to come to, to be part of Overeaters Anonymous, and particularly this meeting. I learned so much. Um, I'm a I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and that's an awesome responsibility. As has been said, um, presently I'm on a new a new uh, way of life. I'm escaping. I have a deadly disease. I don't know what other people have, but everybody I know, people on this line, we have a deadly disease. But I speak for myself. The thing is this. I know a lot more than when I came in. And all of it, all of it, all of it came true. These steps, this book, these steps, and all of you helping me, and me helping you, I hope, to have that high road, to be able to take that high road every day. I must take it every day so that I can escape the fear, the terror of being an active addict, compulsive eater. And I'm escaping to a higher power. I can hide in the food or a number of other things, or I can hide in God and listen to God every single day. And I practice that every single day. And it has a tremendous, tremendous healing, transforming power. And still I wake up and I'm learning something new, something that might be easy for you, but hard for me, but I'm growing. I'm growing. My life is expanding. I am totally thrilled and grateful. If I want to save my life, I must have a relationship with this loving, giving, totally available power. I'm the one that blocks it. And the only thing I can do is surrender. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And John M., it's your turn. Please go ahead, John. Yes, uh, let me uh, add myself to this uh, number. Um, This is not a program for the weak. You have to dig into yourself like never before, and it's tough sledding. Uh, we are a stalwart bunch, and, and we depend on a, a loving creator. But even with all that, it's hard. But then what does hard work do? It, it brings great rewards. So it's a blessing to be in. Um, you know, the food is just the uh, effect. What's the cause? What's the cause of it? That's what OA is all about. What is leading me to turn to food as a quasi-solution for all my ills? That's what I have to deal with. And then if that wasn't enough, you got to deal with other people. And uh, that might include your own family, which some of us uh, tear our hair out when we have to deal with. Um, But uh, that's part of the equation. And... um, the funny thing is, I was thinking about this yesterday when dealing with my blood sister. Um, this fruitcake is off the chain, but I'm the one that had to make the amends because I let her, you know, rattle me. And so, uh, you know, if you're looking for a sorry from others, you're going to wait a long time. So I had to initiate the contact after the terrible row and say, I'm sorry, and mean it. Not just have that come out of my mouth, but actually mean it. 
Boy, that was tough. And there are people listening that can dig what I'm saying. So um, I'm just glad to be here. And uh, it's a blessing to have, this is our real family. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. These are the ones that we feel most comfortable with. We may have to leave the blood family, and and, uh, we're not going to pursue them into hell. Our goal is heaven. And so um, thanks for listening and and letting me share. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you, John M. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are finishing up the forward to the second edition. We're on page X. X, the third paragraph, alcohol being the respecter of persons, or being no respecter of persons, sorry, to the end of the chapter. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Monday or Tuesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please, say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Craig F. Jen A. O. from Toronto. Jennifer K. Okay, can we hold on just for a second, please? I heard three people, and I'm sure there were more. I did hear Craig F., Jen A., and I believe Jennifer C. Who did I miss, please? Patty O. Christina J. Lisa O. Okay, that's great. Uh, Let me just say, there we are. I've got Craig F., Jen A., Jennifer C., Patty O., Christina J., and Lisa O. Craig, please start us off. Okay, thank you. This is Craig F., and I'm recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, with, with all due respect to the tone of this reading, um, it, it hasn't always been as smooth and egalitarian democracy as, um, as one might get from that reading. You know, uh, AA has grown through, uh, like our culture has grown through, um, a a period of uh, of change in attitudes, and by that I mean um, we have a we had a, a gentleman here in town who uh, was a member of both OA and AA. Uh, he passed away last year, um, uh, and uh, he was my sponsor for a while. And when he first came to AA meetings in the '60s, he was a black man. When he first came to to uh, AA meetings here in Tulsa, he was uh, cornered and highly suggested that that he uh, start a, a new meeting on his own side of town and and not come back. Um, that isn't a unique experience to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, you know, there was a great deal of that, but there was a great deal of uh, segregation across the board in this country. Uh, and that was in the 60s. Um, you know, so uh, we may have been welcoming to different religions, uh, but we're certainly, having all, you know, there was a, a lot of openly gay people that found resistance when they showed to meetings early on. And not so much now, but uh, uh, it, it, it happened for a long time. There's been, uh, um, there's been other examples. Uh, you know, um, the uh, woman in Los Angeles that uh, was a prostitute that came to an AA meeting and was asked, and given a letter and asked not to return. Uh, Bill Wilson did everything he could to fix that and get her back, but she wouldn't come back and died in the alcohol. Um, we have to, we have to, I think sometimes we have to admit those experiences. We have to remind ourselves of those experiences. And uh, uh, because we don't want to repeat that kind of activity, we need to remind ourselves so that we are welcoming and open to everybody that walks in a meeting or 
tunes into a meeting, <clears throat> and that we uh, that we 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 welcome them with open arms and and with that spirit of of um, you know this disease this compulsive overeating is not a respecter of persons it's it's it it is across the board and uh, we haven't been given this Fine. solution. Thank you. We haven't been given this solution ourselves. We need to be ready and willing to share it to everybody uh, that wants it. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Craig F. Jen A., it's your turn, followed by Jennifer C. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning to you, Lynn. Thanks so much. This is Jen A. I'm recovered here in Littleton, Colorado today. Thank you, God. Um, giving credit where credit is due. Uh, this paragraph for me, and I appreciate all the shares this morning. It is a diverse group of people um, from diverse lands, uh, diverse backgrounds, um, and, the, and the shares are diverse too. That's what we need. We don't just need, you know, that one, one opinion. We need everyone's experience, everyone's strength, and everyone's hope. Um, what I love about this is, uh, that you know this was this was back in what like I'm flipping a couple pages here I think 1955 yeah 1955 it's uh, 2020 this year <laughs> and um, you know they're talking about um, you know what's going on uh, in in AA and I know for OA it's a little bit different um, and that's been my experience because I, I I grew up in the rooms here when I first started of Alcoholics Anonymous I couldn't find an uh, OA meeting that wasn't drowning people, and I was not hearing a total mess in. I needed a message. So what I do is I appreciate the history of AA because AA really saved my bacon. The big book saved my bacon. Um, but like it says, it's only a scratch. And that's been the reality for me lately, is that working with others in the last six months, um, I haven't started and taking anybody through the work um, until about 30 days ago. Um, because this program isn't easy. Um, this way of life isn't easy. It's not easy to understand this. But if you truly dig in and uh, you take the hand of somebody who is recovered um, and they guide you through this big book, um, you know, there is a possibility and a hope that you too can have what they have. If you're truly a compulsive overeater or like me, anorexic and bulimic as well, and um, it doesn't matter what my religious beliefs are. In fact, it matters none. In fact, the God of my understanding isn't the God that I, um, that, that's saving me today. It's a new conception of God. And thank God that it is, right? Um, and the other thing, too, is, is I love in here, it says, we have made only a scratch. In 1955, only a scratch. In 2020, only a scratch in Overeaters Anonymous. The recovery rate isn't that high, people. It's not. Why do you hear the same voices week after week? Um, because, you know, it's hard to put down the food. You can't convince people to do it. I wasn't convinced to do it. Life convinced me, just like I heard that lady on the, on the line this morning. Life is going to convince you until you're ready to put down the food entirely and embark on this journey. And my other um, thing today is just what my sponsor always pointed out to me. Jennifer Marie, he says, you have no monopoly. We have no monopoly on this. This is not the only way or the only method. And if somebody can't do it this way, let them go. Let them go experience the things of this world and try all the 99,000 things that are out there. That's what I had to do. 65 things I had to try before I was ready to try the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 steps. So I'm no longer living on the highway of hell. Thank you, God, for the new high road to a new freedom. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. Jennifer C., it's your turn, followed by Patty O. Please go ahead, Jennifer. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, good morning, everybody. I'll do the best I can. My puppy is literally jumping on my head. Um, so I look at this paragraph, these two paragraphs, actually, and, uh, you know, a couple things. First of all, this disease, this disease, not just of compulsive overeating, but addiction, right? Like looking in all the wrong places to find my life. Um, it wants me dead spiritually, wants me dead physically. It doesn't know my name. 
but it uses my own voice, right? Like to speak to me and to lie to me and to cause me to destroy myself with my own hands. Like that's its objective, right? And then blame me for the whole thing. God's will, God wants to save me. God wants to save all of us from this disease. Um, and he will, he will save us all. Um, and the thing is like, he does know us by name, right? He does know us by name. And when we look at step two, we, we come to believe because we see it and we feel it in these rooms. Like, thank God for vision for you. I have spoken to so many people lately who truly can say that they don't know if they'd be recovered without vision for you. We have something so special here. And it's because of what we see and it's because of what we feel that we come to believe that, that this God wants to save us too, right? And we know a new freedom, not just freedom, but we know a new freedom because guess what? Self-will at, at one point felt like freedom. Eating what I wanted, how I wanted, when I wanted, saying what I thought, when I thought it, regardless of the damage that I did, like that felt like freedom, right? But today freedom, this new freedom is constraint. It's surrender. It's I offer myself, right? Like free will is a gift today. But it wasn't free will when I offer it to eating compulsively because then I get trapped in the uh, phenomenon of craving. That's not free. I'm no longer free with my will when I offer it to addiction. It's only free when I offer it to God today, right? Like this is the new freedom when I align myself with God. So um, thank you all for being here and thank God for this new freedom, which is actually true freedom. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. Patty O, it's your turn, followed by Christina J. Please go ahead, Patty. Hi, this is Patty O. I live in Florida. I am a compulsive overeater, um, brand new uh, to the program, um, not brand new to 12 Steps, but I love the big book, and I love your recovery that you find in the big book. I'm hoping to find some recovery this time for me. Um, so when I read this um, about that being all-inclusive, that I'm not the unique person I always thought I was. I thought I was the only one who suffered with this. And it's so nice um, to be among people who understand. You know, I'm sober in AA, and people in AA who are the kindest, smartest people I know cannot help me with my food addiction. But I find when I tune into this phone call that I find my people who understand what food does for me that it does not do for the normal person. And um, and then I guess I want to say, you know, I, I piss and moan about my food addiction. Why did this happen to me? I'm being punished. That's my immediate reaction. Disgruntled. And then I think about how lucky I am that I have a chance to recover. There's thousands of people out there who don't even know that there is a solution. And so I really need to turn my thinking around that, you know, I heard someone say, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And um, so I'm just very grateful to be here. Um, uh, That's all. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Patio. Christina J., it's your turn, followed by Lisa O. Welcome, Christina. Good morning, everyone. Christina J., State of Washington, and I am recovered today by God's mercy and grace. I walked around in life for 60 years ashamed of myself, carrying guilt. These are heavy weights on the soul not feeling accepted in the world because of my weight. Not feeling accepted in the world because I didn't feel validated. 
not feeling accepted in the world because of my physical condition, my mental condition. When I would have emotional outbursts of anger, I would fear I would be rejected. I was ashamed of my attitude, but I felt it was justified. So this book tells us that um, this is no respecter of persons. What I found in the OA rooms was acceptance. You know, uh, AA doesn't talk about not being accepted because you're fat or feeling ugly or having to take an hour and a half to try to find clothes in your closet that are going to fit you or being ashamed when you have to go out in the world, walk around in this ballooned-up body that you can't get rid of overnight. Some of my highest weights, I thought, I can't get rid of this by tomorrow. I was I was in pain, and yet I'd go into these beautiful rooms and sit. And no, I didn't find recovery in the early OA rooms, but I found acceptance. And as someone just shared, understanding. I found love, and I found caring eyes and hugs. I felt no one wanted to hug me when I was fat. You know, my husband at the time certainly didn't want to touch me. Um, so... To find this in these rooms, why do we keep coming back? Well, it's acceptance. People love us for what we are. We don't have to prove and try to be something else. This is the first miracle of the program. <clears throat> I uh, have found a new road to freedom, and this road, as many have shared this morning, is not easy. Uh, I still have emotional stuff that comes up, you know, because I carried around buried pain and resentments and fears for years. I didn't know what those were until I hit that fourth step, until I hit that four through nine. Boy, did I get to find out what was underneath. And I got to take off a heavy crust, a heavy top layer in that four through nine. But now stuff still comes up, challenges of life, because I went through life trying to control everything, force my will. I knew the way to do it, and I wanted my way and wanting to do it. So to put down those egotistical stances of I know how to handle life in the world is is a big job. And I'm being challenged right now in my life. I'm in the middle of a, a nowhere place, and I'm being challenged to trust like I've never been challenged before. Every day is a surrender of my fear. Um, but what do I have? Fine, in this? I'm going to finish up real quick. I have neutrality. I don't want to pick up the food. I can hide in God, as someone said earlier. I have no desire to pick up the food during these challenges. That is a miracle, and that is a new road to freedom. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. Lisa O., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Lisa. Hi, my name is Lisa O. I'm a compulsive eater from Toronto, Canada. Um, I really like these paragraphs uh, because for me, they're about focusing on unity rather than division. I had the opportunity to speak to somebody over the weekend who's been in program for quite some time, but they've never gotten recovered. And a big reason they've never gotten recovered is because they don't like the big book. And one of the reasons they don't like the big book, because in their view, it was misogynistic. Um, Is the big book misogynistic? Arguably, yes. Um, I myself am a ride or die feminist. And from my perspective, I'm not going to let the patriarchy keep another good woman down. Like, I'm going to get recovered no matter what this freaking book says, because outside of all the stuff that I don't like, it carries the message. And it is the truest document of recovery from addiction that I have ever encountered in my life. And I'm going to work it like my hair is on fire and continue to do so. Um, The other reason that they didn't want to continue in program is that they uh, had had negative experiences with religion. And, you know, my opinion about that is that I can let religion keep on hurting me if I want to um, by refusing to get involved in program because I'd rather focus on the hurt than how this program can help me. Um, I want to get recovered and I am going to be willing to set aside any personal beliefs or any prejudices or anything that is standing in my way of getting out of the self-made prison that I was in for 30 years with my disease. Um, With that, I will pass. Thank you very much. And thank you, Lisa O. We have time for two or three more shares. Who would like that time, please? Kim A. Roxanne. Daniel B. Okay, let me tell you who I heard, please. I heard Chris A., Russ M., 
Carmela G, and I believe a Daniel. Let's see how many people we can get in there. Kim A, please go ahead. Hey, good morning. This is Kim A from New York City. Um, I'm hearing a lot of great stuff today about inclusion and all kinds of stuff. I never get to read the paragraph because I'm always driving to work. And, you know, my higher power gives me the willingness to do this program every single day, regardless of the pronouns used in the big book, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I want to do. You know, my best thinking got me here, right? And it's my best thinking that tells me to pick up that first bite, even though I know what's going to happen afterwards. And that's the first step of this program, right? I'm powerless over what happens after that first bite, but yet I cannot manage the decision to not take that first bite. So my mind is completely unmanageable. So when I let other things get in my way, whether it's having a pity party or you know, thinking, hey, I don't relate to this big book because it's a bunch of, like, skinny white guys and, you know, my life is nothing like their lives were. Whatever it is, I could talk myself out of anything, right? But if I just shut up and let my higher power work his way into my heart and my mind, which doesn't really take long at this point, then I can get this done every single day. Because as much work as it is, it's not nearly as much work as it was to live the way I was living before I was recovered, when I was living in a constant state of resentment and, you know, rumination over how the world sucked and how I was a victim and, you know, living in fear because I was trying to run the show. You know, and I've learned that I was given the role in life as like a shrub, you know. Kim, we've lost you. Kim? Okay, I guess we've lost Kim. Russ M, it's your turn, followed by Carmela G. Please go ahead, Russ. I'm I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm okay, so sorry. go ahead. My, my phone, like, muted itself. I'm going to wrap up. I'm just going to say um, this is Kim A. I'm from New York City. I'm a Recovered Available Sponsor, and thanks for letting me share. Bye. Thank you, Kim A. Russ M., please go ahead. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, family. Russ M., Recovered Postal Reader, Pennsylvania. When that, this, this paragraph... You know, it's cool, and, they, they, you know, they paint a nice picture there, and like Craig alluded to, how it's not always what it's cracked up to be what we, when we look back. You know, I, I, one thing that kind of cracked the door open for me was that there was an option. You know, so many of my, I have friends, obviously, like everybody else, that perished from this disease and alcoholism that didn't even know about programs. You know, so when I'm I'm fatigued right now, I'm go beat up, and I'm fatigued with sponsees and the program, and I'm working it, I'm doing it, but I wouldn't be able to experience that fatigue if somebody didn't accept me, if there wasn't a program, if there wasn't an option, and I forget that, I forget that, I have to be reminded that you know there is an option. My my two grandfathers and my dad were ravaged by alcoholism. They had no clue what AA was. Destroyed them too young. You know, and I'm sitting here complaining about life. I still have a life. It's because of this program, because somebody accepted me and treated me with love and power. And so honestly, to be honest with you, that's where it started. It wasn't somebody beat me over the head with the big book, which I can tend to do to people. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm grateful that that at least the notion of acceptance, at least there's an option to be able to get free. That, that, that was the glimmer of hope I needed that I wouldn't be living like, a, like a, a junkie for the rest of my life, you know? So I'm grateful. When I heard that, 
that reading today. Like, I can't forget that. can never forget where AA came from and that there is a program to at least abate and, you know, kind of control what's going on, this, this stupid-ass addiction. So thank you very much. Love you. But with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Russ M. Carmela G. Welcome, Carmela. Good morning, Carmela G., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. Um, I, I just want to say a few words on this. First, the first few words of the paragraphs, alcohol being no respecter of persons. In disease, I was like the substance alcohol. I was righteous. I had, I had a, a, a falseness about myself. Recovery has, has enabled me to open my heart, open my mind, and be receptive. So that old Carmela is dying little by little by little, and a new one is evolving. And um, when I first entered program, I used to go to the AA meetings, and there was one AA meeting that was so packed. It was a, a step meeting, and next to me was a homeless man who really needed a bath, and but yet his physical appearance was disheveled and dirty. But when it came to the serenity prayer at the end of the meeting, my insane hand was saying, you're going to have to put your hand out. And my heart said, Carmela, you can wash your hands. This is a human who needs touch. And there's a saying in AA, either you're from Park Avenue or Park Bench, we accept everyone. And that is what I do today. And I extended my hand, and he looked at me, smiled, and backed off and said no and put his hands in his pocket, and we prayed together. That is what this program has done for me. No judgment, just love and kindness. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carmela G. And I'm sorry, Daniel, we've come to the end of our meeting. Perhaps you can share on the second hour. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, March the 16th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 18687. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Carmela G., could you please read for us a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, Lynn, thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.